0: hello and welcome. Hello and welcome online. Thank you for joining us. I am happy to be here with you today. Um, And I hope you're well. I hope you're well. I'm well. I'm well. God is good. God is faithful. I am well. Say that. Say, I am well. Hey, and if you're not feeling well, I believe by the time you leave this message, you will be feeling much more well. All right. So, uh, you know, shout out to the cutest blonde I ever did see that would be my wife of uh, 15 years this August. What? Yeah, you better clap. That's right. That's serious these days. 15 years, man. And um, I'm just throwing that out there just to give you my credentials at the start, because I feel like I feel like these days it's like that's like a serious accomplishment. So like. You know, if you don't know who I am, you can be like, hey, dude must know some stuff. Because let me tell you, I'm not just married, I'm happily married. And there's a difference between being married for 15 years and being happily married. Being happily married means you have figured some stuff out. So, so those are my credentials. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kylie and I have been uh, in the Niagara region now for uh, close to, I, I believe we just passed the 13-year mark, so I'm originally, many of you know, if you don't know, I'm originally from Windsor, Ontario, shout out Windsor, love you, but I'm, I'm here now, and I'm glad I'm here, we did the whole Windsor thing, and now we're doing the Niagara region thing, and so we've been here for about 13 years, um, but I'll never forget the first time that we came together, the very first time I came was actually with my parents when we were uh, growing up, uh, you know, do the Niagara Falls thing. I think that's like the typical, you know, every Canadian, if they come to Niagara, you're, you see the falls and go home. You're <laughs> you don't really do anything else. And that's kind of what we did. Uh, but um, my first time with Kylie, we came to visit because her mother, uh, she moved here. And we wanted to come and see the area and started to feel at that time, maybe there was a pull to, to live here. So we came to visit and... Um, <clears throat> Her, her mom owns this, you know, really nice property, lots of woods, and I don't know why, but I've always been attracted to the woods. I don't know if it's like, you know, you're just like in nature, and, and it's like, I feel like God speaks more clearly, or it's just, you know, the sounds of the birds and not people, you know, I kind of like that too, uh, or, or, or the hiking, or whatever it is. I've always been attracted to the woods, and so I found the region quite great for that or if you're hiking down by the gorge or, you know. So we had a, had a pleasant visit and it was nice and we returned home. And um, at that time, I remember we went back to Windsor and shortly after, um, Kylie's dad was visiting. We'd been married just under two years, I think, at the time. So her dad came to visit from England. And uh, her, her dad's a wonderful man. Shout out if you're watching at any time in the future, perhaps even. Uh, and, and so, um, he, such an awesome guy. He came to visit. <clears throat> and this one, this one day, maybe two days after returning, you know, I'm, I'm upstairs in the morning taking a shower or whatever, you know, back at home. And um, my back is, is really uh, itchy, really itchy. And... Uh, I'm trying to like reach it. You know, you ever have like an itch, you're like trying to get to it, but it's just like outside of your range. And you're like, you know, like you got the classic like lean against the like door corner and you know, all these things that you're trying to do. And I just couldn't reach this thing. And so then I did, you know, the super mirror trick where you take one mirror, you know, and look back in the other mirror to see what's behind you. If you cut your own hair, you know that trick. Um, and so so I'm, I'm looking and I see this just like black circle and I'm I'm like, is that like a, a mole or something? Like, what is that? And, I, and I, can, I can just get to it, and it kind of feels like plasticky. I'm like, this is so weird. So I go downstairs, and, and I ask Kylie, you know, I'm like, can you look at my back? I have this, like, thing that's, like, really itchy, and she's looking at it. And, and so you got to understand this about Kylie's dad. He's, like, world traveler, homeopath, been everywhere, seen everything. He's, like, crocodile Dundee, but he's English. And he's just, like, you know... And, he's, and he's, he's, he's like, oh, right, no, oh, that's a tick. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that? Totally oblivious to the woes of the region yet. And I'm like, what's a tick? And he basically goes on to explain to me it is a bloodsucker. And um, so he says, get me a knife. And I'm like, okay, get me a knife. That's a little worrisome. And he proceeds to dig the tick out of my back with a butter knife, of all things. And successfully does it and shows me. And I'm horrified that this creature has been living at least for two days, burrowed beneath my skin. My message today is titled Blood Suckers. Blood Suckers. Now, my title is Blood Suckers. And not to bring it down a notch, but my topic is Deception and Lies. My title is Bloodsuckers, but my topic is Deception and Lies. Now, we are going to be eventually talking about words. Okay, let me just get that out there right now because the series is called, as you saw, Potty Mouth. So we are going to get to words, but, uh, and specifically, lies. But before we get there, I think it's very important uh, for us to talk about what is behind our words what's behind our words. And in my studying, I've really found that there has been an astonishing correlation between ticks, a visible enemy we can see, and deception, an invisible one we cannot see. And you may say, you know, ticks being an enemy is a little strong, but um, if, you, if you've ever had a tick, or if you've ever researched ticks, they are a parasitic an- ar- arachnid, okay? A parasitic arachnid. That is, that is a, a complex way of basically saying vampire spiders. They are vampire spiders, okay? <laughs> they are an enemy. So, just to clear that up. Um, I've also found that linking something that uh, we cannot see to something that we can b- helps us in bringing spiritual clarity, right? Uh, and understanding and insight. So, we are going to endeavor this morning for the first part to make a little bit of comparison between ticks and deception. Number one, first of all, both ticks and deception are heavy feeders. They're heavy feeders. Ticks feed on the body, deception feeds on the heart, particularly the wounded heart. And both are out for blood. Okay, ticks feed on the body, deception feeds on the wounded heart, and both are out for blood. They're heavy feeders. A wounded heart attracts deception like decaying flesh attracts flies. A wounded heart, so think of it that way. A wounded heart attracts deception, draws it to you, like decaying flesh attracts flies. Oh, uh, You know, decaying flesh, as, as gross as that sounds, maybe let's think of like rotting meat, lunch meat. Maybe that's better, okay? <laughs> but either way, right? You, you only have to put it outside and let it sit in the sun before th- whatever is in that meat starts to be released. It, re- it releases an aroma. There's something in there that it releases, and then all of a sudden, insects and flies and everything are attracted, maggots and, right? Same thing with a wounded heart, spiritually. There is a spiritual release, out there that attracts deception. So while ticks are, um, while ticks are feeding on blood, right, hence bloodsuckers, they are known to simultaneously transmit disease. And many of you know this. If you're in the region, I'm like so preaching to the choir because you guys all know about ticks already, but maybe <laughs> online you've never dealt with it. So, you know, ticks can transmit disease and uh, specifically, the, the big one is Lyme disease that, that, that's out there and that's serious, uh, deer ticks. So, so they don't just transmit them to humans, but to animals, okay? Um, deception simultaneously transmits disease. okay? Ticks transmit disease, same thing. Deception simultaneously transmits dis-ease. Now, what does, that, what does that mean? Deception transmits turmoil. Turmoil in your life. In other words, it steals your peace. Lack of peace in your life? It's a sign. It's a sign. So, ticks and deception essentially poison you. Okay? Here's a completely uh, terrifying fact. <laughs> Ticks can live exceptionally long after the last uh, in-between feeds. In fact, adult ticks can live more than 400 days. I didn't know this part. <laughs> and this makes sense why there's so many and the population's growing and we, we hear about, well, there's a lot of ticks because our winter you know, didn't kill them off. And well, they can live 400 days anyway. So, you know, ticks can live be- uh, more than four, adult ticks, more than 400 days uh, between their last feed. So they're resilient. Deception, similarly, is incredibly resilient, but even more so, and it continues to indefinitely remain until it is removed. Deception does not disappear on its own. It has to be intentionally removed. It doesn't just go away, and that's why it's so dangerous, right? Ticks, I just don't even like saying it, but... Nasty. Ticks will patiently wait. You ever wonder how a tick gets on you? They don't jump. You you, you guys are all going to go home and be like, I feel itchy already, right? Ticks, they don't jump. They don't fly. They patiently wait on the tips of long grass and bushes and shrubs and trees, waiting for their victims to brush by. Deception patiently waits on the lips of offended and hurt people, hoping that you'll stop by long enough to give it some attention so that it can have a new host to feed on. Right? Ticks will patiently wait on the tips of long grass, hoping that you'll brush by so they can attach to you. Deception patiently waits on the lips of of hurt and offended people, hoping that you'll give it attention long enough for it to have a new host to feed on. Ticks try to embed within your skin. Ah! They want to embed within your skin. Deception tries to embed within your mind. The scripture says, as a man thinketh, right, so is he. As a woman thinketh, so is she, you are what you think. So ultimately deception, right, it wants to control your actions. That's what it wants. It wants to control your actions, but to control your actions, it has to get in your mind. And so that's the ultimate pathway. Ticks lay eggs, deception births sin. Ticks lay eggs, deception births sin. Now we can see deception going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? We remember after everything happened, God comes to the woman and he goes, what is, what is this you've done? And she says, the serpent deceived me and I ate. There's deception right there. Now, this isn't to blame her more than, than Adam. Adam still ate. He just wasn't deceived. I don't actually know if that's better or worse. <laughs> right? He did it, I think, out of love for, for, for her, but he did it knowing. right? It only says that she was deceived. So deception goes all, all the way back to the garden. And James 1:14 through 15, it confirms this, talking about um, <clears throat> deception birthing sin. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire, that's deception, and enticed. Then, after that desire, that evil desire or deception, has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full-grown, gives birth to death, okay? So there's scriptural evidence right there that I'm not just, you know, making up that statement that deception truly does birth sin. That, that is how it works. All right, we're done with ticks for now, so you can relax. No promises that I won't bring it back, but just shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> so now I'd like to talk about being trapped by sin, You're shaking off the ticks for something worse, right? Now, it's important that we talk about sin, and this is the reason that it's important that we talk about sin. It's not to make you feel bad. It's not to any of those things, but we live in a culture now that wants to say that there's no such thing as right and wrong. There's no such thing as sin. Do whatever you want. Live your life. Be however you want to be. That's not what the Word of God says. And if you do that, you're going to live a life, ultimately, that ends in destruction. That is what the Bible says. And so I'm telling you the truth because I love you. Uh, When I stand here, I am tasked with, I want to deliver the truth in the way that builds you up and and brings you strength and brings you closer to God, right? And it's not to make you feel bad, but sometimes, just like when you tell your children the truth about something, it doesn't make them feel good, but it's what they need. And in this hour, particularly, where there is so much deception out in the world, we need to acknowledge there is a sin issue, okay? And so, but what I want to talk about specifically is to those people who have felt trapped By sin, trapped by sin. What I mean by that is historical patterns in your life. First of all, let me back up. All of us have felt trapped by sin, okay? And the Bible even says, "All fallen short," right? So me, you, we've all actually been in this place. But specifically, if you find yourself there right now, it doesn't mean we all live there, right? These are patterns of sin that we're trying to get away from. We know it's wrong. And we, we've dealt with it before, but it's something that keeps clawing at us. It could be, and when I say the word sin, sometimes we like to conjure up different ideas, but it could be being angry without a cause. It could be lying. It could be gossiping. It could be drinking or drugs. It could be pornography. It could, there's, sin manifests in all different ways, right? And different flavors, uh, so to speak. So it's not, don't get focused on the thing, but look for the pattern of repetition, that thing that historically Right, and your life is trying to claw back at you. Many Christians are trapped in sin because they're trying to fight the symptom instead of the spirit behind the symptom. Okay? They're trapped in a in a repetitious pattern of sin, not because they even want to be there, but because they've been spending their energy attacking the symptom rather than attacking the spirit behind the symptom. Okay, trying to fight the symptom is called sin suppression. And the problem with sin suppression is that to have deliverance, you need transformation. So if you're just um, fighting, the reason we're talking about deception before we get to words is that if you're just trying to fight your words, that's actually the symptom of an underlying issue. And so oftentimes, and this is just, sometimes it's what we've been taught or we, we don't get the underlying concept, so sometimes we're fighting the symptom. We want deliverance, but we feel trapped because uh, there's sin suppression happening, not actual transformation. Now don't don't beat yourself up, okay? I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to beat yourself up if you're like, yes, that's me, I'm fighting with this thing right now. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't want to be doing it, but I keep getting caught in it. And what is going on? So don't beat yourself up that you're fighting this repetitive sin because you have to realize you're struggling because you are fighting a spirit, first of all, okay? This isn't just you uh, you know, struggling to find God and, you're, you're, and, and it's as if you have no opposition, Right? The Bible tells us that we, we war not against flesh and blood. There are spirits and principalities that drive every atmosphere. Who do you think you're being tempted by? You don't just wake up and you're tempted. There is someone tempting you. You don't see it, but it is a spirit that is driving that temptation. Okay. So sometimes when you realize, yes, you are actually fighting a formidable force, you can say, okay, you know, I don't want you to beat yourself up. But this is, this is the reality, and we are going to talk about if you are struggling, it is because that, that your life, that you have given access on some level, that spirit has access to your life on some level through deception. Let me give you an example. Um, deception, look at it like this. <clears throat> deception is the door that lets sin sneak in anybody ever No, uh, don't raise your hand if you've ever been to a club or if you've ever been to a bar let's say depending on how old you are it's like terminology changes you've been to the club no never you've been to a bar all right yes okay so if you've ever been to a bar and a club you'll notice there's like two entrances there's the front entrances For the people who, like, you know, don't really go too much. They're, like, there every now and then, and they got to wait in line and pay cover and do all that stuff. And then for the VIP, there's the back door. Yeah, there's the back door. And if you're a VIP, you know about the back door. Bypass the line. You're not paying cover for nothing because you're there so often you already know everybody, and you just go in the back door and slip right in, and boom, you're in. I'm not necessarily speaking from experience. I'm just using a modern-day illustration to help you connect the two points. Sin... (laughs) likes to slip in through the back door of deception, if you understand. So, so what does this have to do with potty, potty mouth, right? The series, maybe. Your words, your words, your words, your words, your words, your words, your words your words are showing you what is in your heart. The Bible says plainly, out of the abundance, abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking, right? In other words, whatever you've been building, storing in your heart, That's going to come out of your mouth. And you can look at what you're saying to analyze what's in here so that you can begin to take out the things that are causing those words to come out. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, you know, here's a a little spoiler alert, perhaps. You know, we're, we're, we're not trying to be the word police with potty mouth, so you stop saying negative things. Sometimes we get, you know, don't say negative things, it's a bad confession. Yes, okay, you should not say negative things, but we're not trying to, to, to be the word police. I'm not here trying to be the word police, right, but trying to get you to police your words so that you can become aware of what's inside, simply that. Again, sin suppression, fixing our words does not fix the condition of our heart. Suppressing the symptom does not remove the underlying condition. I'm saying the same thing different ways. The reason is because sometimes we can hear it, but it doesn't stick. So, you know, I'm just trying to, when when you leave today, uh, I'm trying to get the fact that, you know, just going home and trying to not say things you know are not good faith confessions, that is not the solution. And, And we do that. And it's, and it's good that we, we, we recognize that, but we're going deeper because what I want in my life and what I want for your, your lives is actual transformation, right? Real power, real deliverance, real freedom. So the fact that you've been fighting is a good sign. If, if, you, if you're in the camp when I said, you know, dealing with repetitive historical sin, the fact that you are fighting is a good sign I'd even go further and say if you are struggling it's actually a good sign you're like what yeah struggling is a good sign because it means you're resisting you are still resisting right there it says resist the devil and he will flee from you so the fact that you are fighting the fact that you are resisting still that is a good sign it means that you haven't surrendered if you were like, you know, oh well, you know, I can't get over it and I've been struggling with this my whole life and you know I'm just going to just whatever give in now. That's that's the dangerous place, right? When we no longer are fighting against it. And that's why I said don't beat yourself up because we're all on this journey together. Right, We know that righteousness is not a point, it's a direction. You're either walking towards God or you're walking away from him. If you are watching this morning, if you are in this room this morning, you are walking towards him. You chose of your own free will to be here or to watch. That is a sign that you are walking towards God. So take comfort in that, okay? You're walking towards or you're walking away. Now, 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 do we still need to repent? Yes. We still do need to repent, okay? Absolutely, because fresh repentance always releases fresh grace and fresh mercy. Fresh repentance always releases fresh grace and fresh mercy. God's mercy, the Bible says, is new every morning, right? New every day, every morning. So your sin, my sin, it's not greater than God's mercy. Your sin, my sin, it's not greater than God's grace. It's not greater than God's forgiveness. It says it's released every single morning. The grace and mercy of God releases forgiveness of sins. The shed blood of Jesus, it blots out sin. That's what the Bible says. And the truth of God's word, the power of his word, releases deliverance. It is the truth that makes us free, is what scripture says, right? The truth. So we're not, we're not I'm not trying to create an excuse for sin. And I think Paul even says this, right? Should we sin more so that more grace should abound? God forbid. So I'm not trying to say, sweet, God forgives us every day. Let's just send it up because, hey, that's going to be like more grace, right? No, that's not what I'm saying. But we have to, you know, grace and mercy, uh, we need to understand the mechanics of how it works. I will say that there is one time where grace and mercy do become unavailable to us, which is very important for us to understand. And that is, When you stop asking, when you stop asking, the Bible says there's nothing that can pluck you out of the hand of God. There's nothing that can separate you. There's nothing outside of here, but you can withdraw. You can can withdraw from God. God will never turn his back on you, but you can turn your back on God. And you know what sin does? Repetitive sin brings repetitive shame. (sighs) I failed you again, God. (sighs) I failed you again. I don't even have any more excuses for why I'm failing anymore. I'm just, here I am again. I find myself here again and again and again. And you know what can happen? Shame wants to bring that deception to the ultimate level and say, God's not going to forgive me anymore. I've, I've, done, I've done too much. My sin's too great. I've asked for forgiveness a thousand times, 10,000 times, over and over and over again. I'm a lost cause. And shame comes to cover you so that you will withdraw from him, right? But God says, there is nothing you have done, there is nothing too great or too many many times that is unforgivable. You simply have to go to him again. You don't even have to have the reason. You just know you wanna go to him and say, God, I need you, I'm sorry, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's go again. And the Bible says immediately as you do that, fresh grace fresh mercy, fresh forgiveness. And the grace of God and the forgiveness of God isn't just this kind of like, you ever clean something and like you wipe it away and it's still dirty? It's not like that. This is like blot out kind of forgiveness. This is, you are brought right back to the, to the, to the, the remission, to the zero when Jesus died on the cross and the blood of Christ was shed and grace and mercy was released eternally. You are brought right back there. This isn't like you're brought back a few notches and maybe after a thousand times, you'll maybe get back to where you're supposed to be. No, it says brand new, brand new. So hold on to that. Today, brand new, brand new. All you have to do is ask. So what is deception in simple terms? Deception means that there's something on the inside somewhere that is accepted and believed something that's not true. Simple as that something on the inside that is accepted and believes something that's not true. The hard part about deception, deception is that you don't see, it, see it's there. And so there needs to be a lot of work, right, to find that it's there. If you knew you were deceived, you'd be like, of course, I'm going to easily get rid of that thing, right? So this is why I, I'm, I'm sticking to these points so much is because we're giving, uh, I'm giving some tools that can help you to, to see it. Deception is a truth, now we have to remember this, right? A, tru- a lie is a truth you believe. So I'm not saying, sometimes we make it a little too simple and we say, well, there's truth and there's lies. That is true, but the thing about deception is that it makes a lie true to you. That's why it's difficult to find it. Deception is a lie that is a truth you believe. And it's manifesting through your words and later your actions. And those of us who've been around a while, we know that it actually goes back and and goes back to your thoughts, right? But we've kind of covered the thought realm, I think, a lot, uh, which is why we're looking at words today. So the words you speak out of your mouth, again, are an indicator that you can use to measure what's hidden on the inside. I think that it's important to uh, point out that forgiveness and deliverance are two separate things. Sometimes... We believe that, you know, just because we ask for forgiveness one day, it doesn't necessarily mean that you wake up tomorrow and you experience that type of uh, freedom from temptation. The Bible says it never promises that any of us will be temptation free. Absolutely not. It doesn't say, do these 10 things and you're going to be temptation free. Jesus was tempted. It says in all things, right? If Jesus wasn't tempted the way that we were, how could could he understand the human condition, right? But yet, he was sinless. That's the difference. So again, temptation, that's not sinning. That's the kingdom of darkness trying to whisper in your ear to, to get you to take the bait, right? And you just shut that thing down. You shut that thing down. You shut that thing down. So the temptation is not the sin, Now, now it's important to say that the Bible does tell us, okay, the, the answer to that is that deliverance does come by the power of the word of God. Again, the truth that makes us free as it's being lived out in a, in a daily, a day-to-day way. Okay, a day-to-day way. Just like, you, you know, if I could just make it plain for you, when you first, assuming you're a Christian, when you first accept Jesus, everything didn't just get fixed overnight, here I am at like year whatever. I don't even know anymore. Still. Ah, those ticks, man. Here's the thing about ticks. You can't just pick one off and stop looking for it. Especially if you live in the Niagara region. Every time I go in the woods, you got to check as soon as you come back out. Every time you go in the world, you got to check when you come back out, right? There's a sanctuary in the word of God, but Christ calls us out. And when you go out into the world and when you deal with the world's ways and the world's people and the world's systems and the world culture and all the things that are constantly coming at you nonstop, you got to check yourself to make sure that nothing got on you so that it doesn't get in you, right? So that, that's, that's what I'm trying to say here. I'm not trying to say, oh, you're all, you know, good luck with temptation and it's just always this downhill battle. And No, I'm trying to say that, you know, th- 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 there's, consistency that this is this is why the bible tells us to renew our mind this is why it's important for us to live in the word the truth brings deliverance but it's the truth that you know what did jesus say the truth will make you free no you shall know the truth and it shall make you free it is the truth that you know not the truth that you just hear ah so that's the key, right? That's why we are looking to, and many of you know this, uproot deception and place the truth uh, in its place. You guys okay? Yes. Good. I believe you're okay online. I want this. So I hope you want this too because there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. Okay. Um, Okay, so the Bible also promises us that we have, this is, this is great, the Bible tells us that one, we have a choice when it comes to temptation, and, and that God always provides a way out. He always provides a way of escape. And I didn't actually know about this scripture for quite a while in my Christian journey. You know, I just was like, temptation's bad, God's good, you know, temptation comes, try to fight it. That's kind of like my basic understanding for many years. But this is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Okay, let's stop there for a second. There is no new type of sin, it is the devil just repackaging things to make it modern. All the kinds of sin and temptations that have existed since the beginning of time exist. He just wraps it up each decade or so, whether it's technology or culture or whatever it is, and he just repackages it and sends it out again. So there's nothing that's uncommon. So it's not like if you feel like you're dealing with something super unique, I promise you God's not surprised and it's been around for a long time. Sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, if anybody, if anybody else experienced what I, I'm experiencing, you can feel trapped and alone. But I'm telling you that right now, God's not surprised and it's not something that hasn't been experienced before. The Bible says there's nothing that's overtaking you except what is common to mankind. And this is the best part, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So one, there is a level that you can bear. There is a level that you can bear. And two, it says, but when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So when you're tempted, and, I, and I've started doing this, if I'm tempted by something, whatever it is, I say, God, help me see the way out. Help me see it. You promised me this is what you do. Take God's word back to him. This is what he wants. God, you said your word never returns to you void. So here I am, God. I'm like feeling the pressure in this moment, God. And you said that you're gonna make a way out. You're gonna, so help me to see it. It's like if you picture a burning building, you know, that's full of smoke, you know there's an exit. It's just, you don't know where it is. That's kind of what, you know, temptation is. It's like this fog that comes around you that tries to make you feel trapped. And you, you're like, God, I know the exit's out there somewhere, but I just need to see it. Help me, open my eyes, help me to see it. God says he's faithful to do it. Here's the exit. Take the exit. He says he'll provide a way out. Amen? Maybe it's an even better prayer to say, Lord, help me to see where I'm blind and help me to heal where I'm wounded. Help me to see, God, where I'm blind and help me to heal where I'm wounded. The ultimate level of deception is not believing you have anything that needs fixing. That's like next level Pharisee deception. So if that's you, God bless you. I don't know. You need to talk to somebody else. I'm just saying so. (laughs) Deception feeds on the heart and hides within its woundings. So now let's bring this back to words. Words are the vehicle through which power is released. But power is birthed in belief. Okay? Words are the vehicle through which power is released, Uh, 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 power is released, but the power is birthed in belief. That's why the Bible says in Romans that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with with your heart you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So if there's no connection between confession and conviction, there's no power. There's no connection when confession is made without conviction. You understand? That's why he said you have to speak it and you have to believe it. I love uh, 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 faith it till we make it, But there's a level where, you know, Christians have been the word police traditionally, and and we're all guilty of it, when we really need to be the belief police. That's what it is. That's why, if you've ever felt that, this is the number one reason that I've seen people come to God and they say, the word of God doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. You know why? There was a disconnect because there wasn't any connection between what you're saying and what you're believing and oftentimes things work out in different ways than we expect but it's not expect but it's not that the word of god isn't true it's that that we're always having to go look and say okay where's the disconnect here between confession and the conviction right now lies uh of course uh are the name that uh <laughs> words trans uh, uh deceptive words that we give are are, are lies um Simply put, why do we tell lies? Again, 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 if we dial it back a little bit, most people aren't telling, especially if you're a Christian, right? You've, you've accepted Christ. You're trying to live this way. You're not lying because you want to lie in most cases. But you're lying to protect something. It's, it's a deception mechanism, right? Why do we lie? We tell lies because we believe producing the truth will not benefit us, ultimately, We're protecting something because either we're afraid or we tell lies because we feel trapped, but ultimately it's always about safeguarding or protecting our own personal interests in something or in someone. So, okay, am I here to tell you deception is wrong? Yes, but you already know that, right? This is not like new. Am I here to say lying is wrong? Yes, lying is wrong, but that's nothing new, okay? You already knew that the Bible gives us numerous, numerous examples and warnings against that. It's so obvious. Do not lie is like Bible one hundred and one, right? Bible one hundred and one. Don't lie. It's one of the Ten Commandments, right? It's the ninth commandment. Don't don't bear false false witness against your neighbor. Okay, and so when I was um, originally researching and studying for this message. God gave me one specific instruction before I even wrote my first note. Right away, right at the very, very beginning. And the reason that I've been building up into this moment hasn't been, it's not a typical church message to say, deception's wrong, lying's wrong, don't do it, go home, be blessed. (laughs) No, that's not it at all. This is what God said, and this is why we've taken the route to get here. Help them identify the lies they've been speaking about themselves. See, you might have been sitting here the whole time thinking about, I'm talking about you being deceptive over other people, or you speaking lies about other people. But God wants to say, help them identify areas where they've been speaking lies about themselves. Because he wants us free. So God's been showing me, as I've been going through this, that as Christians, who are, we're actively fighting deceptions, right? We're not like just trying to be you know, deceptive. But that oftentimes the deepest deceptions and the strongest lies are the ones not we're projecting outward, but that we're projecting inward. So if you're the note-taking kind of person, either mentally or physically... This is what you remember. There's three things. Well, I hope you remember all of it, but particularly this section right here. Okay, ready? Three lies the pandemic has tried to teach you about yourself. Three lies that the pandemic has tried to teach you about yourself. Lie number one God's plan for my life has changed. These are all big. And I, and I prayed through them, and I waited, and I got, these are big. Lie number one, God's plan for my life has changed. Now, this doesn't mean that life is going to look exactly the same as it did in 2019. This doesn't mean that new assignments haven't been assigned by God. This doesn't mean that new doors have not been opened. God is clearly shaking things up. But what it does mean is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's plan of redemption has not changed. The Word of God has not lost its power. People still need a Savior. And you still have the answer. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You still have the answer that people need. People still need a savior. You still have the answer. You know, God is not surprised by the last year and a half to two years of activity. Not even in the slightest. This didn't phase him. This didn't throw him off course. He's not like, Jesus, Holy Spirit, quick, we need a meeting. We need to figure out what's going to happen here. No, God knew about this. This has all worked into the plan. We're just experiencing it as it's happening. Spinning through it going like, whoa. But God's like, no, no. My plan hasn't changed. It's exactly the same for your life as it was before. So line number one is God's plan for my life has changed. It has not changed. You may be at a different stage or even find yourself on a different stage, a different platform, but it has not changed. You guys remember the series Puzzle Pieces at all? Puzzle Pieces. It was a little while ago. Um... Adding more puzzle pieces to your puzzle, thinking about your life, it's going to bring clarity, and you're going to see things that you didn't necessarily know were there before. But it's not like the puzzle changed, right? The puzzle maker created the puzzle to specifically show an image when it's finished. Oftentimes, Willow and I, my daughter Willow, will build a puzzle and we and now that she's a little older she's 6 we like to do it without first looking at the box makes it harder but it makes it more exciting and as you're building the puzzle we'll go grab it from a bag and we'll build it you start to see things in the puzzle you didn't know were there because you're not the puzzle maker so over the last couple of years you might start to see some things popping up that were not necessarily then there and you're starting to think that this was somehow outside God's plan for your life and so maybe you're rejecting it because you're like, whoa, I didn't know this was there, this can't be God. Surprise! God's plan for your life has not changed. Number two. Wait, before we get to number two, all of these have a connection point. Examining our words. What have you been saying? Here's the words. What have you been saying about God's plan for your life? Think about it. Think through the last year and a half. What have you been saying about God's plan for your life? Number two, remember I said these are big ones? If you don't feel this is you, that's okay. But I believe that as a whole, I've talked to a lot of um, the the people who I've been talking to, I've, I've heard this, okay? Lie number two, being depressed is my new normal. Being depressed is my new normal. Lie number two. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? The joy of the Lord. So we can inversely flip that around and say, the lack of the joy of the Lord is my weakness. Okay, that's at the root of it. Joy is the ability to be content beyond life circumstances. It's knowing that God is working all things together for our good, right, the Bible says, who are called according to his purpose. That's us. We are called according to his purpose. So we have to understand now that there has been an intensified spiritual attack, a worldwide spiritual attack on the minds of human beings. This isn't just like you on your lonesome, all of a sudden something happened and you find yourself in the Great Depression, so to speak, And you're like trying to figure it out. While this is a worldwide phenomenon, okay? And we are here to snap out of that thing. Some of us have been lying in a pit of depression so long now, we're starting to believe that that's where we're going to live. I've been lying there so long now, this is where I'm supposed to live. But it's a lie, Sorry for the feedback, but that's the intensity it needs. It's a lie. And you know what? I speak right now renewed joy. I speak renewed joy over you. I speak renewed joy over you watching in Jesus' name. I I speak a release of pressure off your life and off your mind. Off your life and off your mind Right now in Jesus' name. And you simply have to receive it. You you remember the the, the faith of the centurion man? You don't have to know the mechanics of how it works. You don't have to know how faith travels. The only thing you have to do is believe it when it's spoken. There is access to joy. There is access to peace. And there is access to a pressure off your life. This very moment. And all you have to say is, yes, Jesus, me. Yes, Jesus, me. And you can have it right now. Now, you don't have to understand it. Just say it. Say, yes, Jesus, me. I receive a renewed joy. I receive a renewed hope. I receive, Lord, a new peace of heart, of mind, of spirit and life. I refuse to lie in that pit another day in my life. I refuse to allow this world to push me all over the place And I can't get out of bed early and I feel horrible and my emotions have me all over the place and I'm up and down and up and down and I don't know what's left and I don't know what's right and I feel uncertain and I feel like my life is in shambles and your plan has changed for me. God, where are you? Where are you? God is right there. He is right there. And he is saying, I'm right here. I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. My plan is still the same as it was yesterday. Now, again, examining our words, because this is how we get into trouble. What have you been saying about how you feel? Today I just feel, whoa, huh? Now, don't be the word police, but use that as an opportunity to identify that something is there that needs to be dug up because if it's not dug up, it's going to continue to produce. So you go, oh man, I was feeling horrible yesterday and I feel horrible today too. Ding, 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 right? Because that thing is there. So that's why, again, we're examining our words. What have you been saying about how you feel? Lie number three, this is the last one that I have this morning. Lie number three, I am not essential. Lie number three is I am not essential. In the world right now, we see governments across, our, our, across the world trying to deem that churches are non essential True, right? We've been isolated for lengthy amounts of time and in some cases, very extreme ways that have affected us in both small and large ways. We've seen people and lives and families reduced to numbers and statistics and infographs. It's become easy to believe. Now, this is the thing, right? Deception wants to make an atmosphere where it's easy to receive it, Right? The atmosphere has been prepped. Make sure the churches are all shut down. Make sure the people are all isolated. They're removed from the usual atmosphere and the dose, if I can put it like that, of the word of God left to fend for themselves. So the atmosphere has been created. It's easy, it's easy. So deception comes in. It's easy to believe the lie that says, my life is actually pretty insignificant. It's actually pretty inconsequential. I've been isolated for a long time now, and would anybody even notice if I was just gone? It seems like the world just continues on, and here I am by myself, and you know, nobody really needs me, and, and on and on and on and on and on. I'd like to remind you today that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. A beautiful, unique individual. There is no one like you. We have similar experiences in life, but there is nobody. Think about that just for a minute. There is nobody like you. Nobody on this whole planet. Maybe somebody who looks like you. We have a doppelganger or two. <laughs> But there's nobody who thinks like you, who has your giftings, who has your, uh, whether natural giftings or spiritual giftings, there's nobody that's like you. And the very fact that you remain here is proof that one, God's not done. That there's more for you to experience and there's more for you to be excited about. The fact that you are here shows you that God's not done. There's more for you to experience good things. And there's more for you to be excited about. Let me tell you something. If you have a hard time believing that you're needed for you, let me tell you another truth. You are needed by others. You guys are needed by other people. People need the strength of your life. And when you're isolated, sometimes maybe that's what you're fighting with. You're someone who's used to being pulled on. Maybe you're used to being a strength and now you feel like nobody needs you, right? People still need you. People still need what you have, okay? People need you. Lie number three is I'm not essential. Examining our words again, what have you been saying about your existence? What have you been saying about your purpose? That's a big one. What have you been saying about your purpose? What have you been saying about your impact on this world? What have you been saying? I want this to be as uh, simple as possible in this last just uh, few moments together. This is one simple prayer for anyone who's, who has found themselves trapped by one of these lies or any other lie that's like it. It is literally a one-sentence prayer this is it. Lord, reveal to me the why behind my words. Lord, reveal to me the why behind my words. Because when you find the why, you can replace it with the word. When you find the why, you can replace it with the word. Lord, reveal to us this morning the why behind our words. Let me just pray for you guys real quickly. Father, I just bless everyone listening, Lord. Today, everyone here in the building, everyone online. I just bless them, Father. I thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes collectively, me included. Lord, we need you. We call on you, and even like the scripture says that we talked about earlier, if there's anyone out there who doesn't know you, the the, the Bible says to you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you will be saved. If you don't know Jesus, I actually just want to pause and take an opportunity and say, if you just say, Jesus, I want you, and I believe in you, I believe you died on the cross, I believe you rose again, and I want the life that you have simply that prayer and that belief will start the the transformation process in your life so father we just receive lord a new joy a new hope a new peace father resurrected life in us today in jesus name and reveal to us lord the why the why and help us to replace it with the truth the who the who we thank you lord in the name of jesus and I bless you all, and I hope that you're blessed today. Thank you for joining us online today. It was my pleasure to share with you this morning.